Hi, I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Kromos, and welcome to episode 19 of the Daily Doha, brought to you by the Back Peg Podcast. And today's episode, in lieu of a sponsor, is brought to you by the Atlas Lions. No surprise there. I think they're a returning sponsor, Luz. They are a returning sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Morocco, congratulations. Story of the World Cup. Story of the World Cup. Incredible. Incredible. They'll be celebrating in the streets of Casablanca, Marrakesh, Rabat, and whatever other cities Peter Drury said during his call on SBS. <laughs> yes, he did rattle a few off. Fantastic story. The first African side to make a World Cup semi-final. The first Arab side to make a World Cup semi-final. And it's not by any fluke. And we'll talk about the game in a little bit, but it's no fluke. It is no fluke. So it's been a great morning of football. And we had, we had a, an upset there. Morocco going through, and uh, we also had France against England. We'll touch on this one first, Laz, and it's just finished, and it's the big. it was the big game coming into the weekend, the biggest of the four, and some suggesting that the winner of this game will go on to make, A, make the final, and B, win the whole thing, and it was a titan clash, and the French came out on top. And, yeah, where do you start with this game? Where do you start with this game? I think it has to be the penalty. The second penalty. The second penalty? That's that's the moment. That is the moment for England. I, I don't want to get into the refereeing too much because, you know, other places will do that anyway, right? The I think we can just leave it at that that referee was not the best. And I think we can just leave it at that. What do you think on that? There's a theme building here uh, over the last couple of days. Yeah, I think we'll just leave it there because... And I don't know if VAR in some instances didn't help him. Um. So, yeah, France were just um, – the first 20 minutes, I think, uh, you know, France were good for the goal. And uh, Chumini's goal was just – that's another potential goal of the tournament there. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing – it's a great shot. It's a great shot. Um, and the fact that there was space in that area of midfield to be taken up, Griezmann just plays the perfectly weighted pass for him to set it up. It, Griezmann is – I reckon Griezmann is going close to the golden ball here. And completely under the radar as well. He was immense this morning. Going into the tournament, no one was sort of expecting these kinds of performances from Antoine Griezmann. And he's a main part as to why France are in a World Cup semi-final once again. He's been absolutely brilliant the whole way through. He is the star of France. Mbappe, you know, Mbappe and Giroud have been great in finishing, right? But the fact that France are down on troops, their depth is being tested. And he's just stepped into a role that really is not beyond him. I mean, he can definitely play the role that, you know, that he's playing. Um, and it's interesting. I, I heard somewhere, I think Julien Laurent um, on ESPN actually said that um, Didier Deschamps had a conversation with Griezmann uh, about a year ago saying, oh, what do you think about playing as a, a DM, as a number six? He goes, because I think you can do it. And um, I found that to be very interesting. <laughs> right? When I heard that, I thought, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But in this role that he's playing, he's just been phenomenal. His movement and the look, every aspect of his game, even the fouling that he has done, has been at the right time and not not too bad as far as you know getting card you know being card worthy. Yes, you can argue about the merits of getting a yellow card and what have you, but he's picked the right time to foul and he's picked the you know uh, like this morning, you know, perfect example. Um, you know it. it, it Picked the right time to to foul, um, I think it was Saka, I think. And, you know, in the second half, 
right? That just killed the play of England and kind of actually started the turnaround for France in that second half. But um, because England were in control after the goal, after the Germany's goal, yeah. Yeah, they, they were. They responded quite well and they were they were unlucky to go into the break 1-0 down. Um, but yes, Griezmann, brilliant. And what you were referring to there, when to take the yellow card, that's the influence of Simeone. Uh, I think that's, that's plain to see and um, for his Atletico days both in both stints and <clears throat> he's been a fantastic player and you're quite right to mention that he's in the contention for golden ball and um, both assists today two very different styles but two absolute fantastic heads up plays the first one he won't get much credit for the first one but he deserves it because as you say perfectly way to pass he creates a space for too many to, to come up and take and, and have the shot he does he does and it's a beautiful touch from Chormeni. And I don't know how he got that much power out of a, a one-step run-up into the bottom corner. Brilliant strike. That's easily goal of the quarterfinals. And uh, yes, it might, be, might go down as one of the goals of the tournament as well. But the plaudit should go to Antoine Griezmann for his performances today. And he was brilliant. Mm, no, he was. Um, look, and England yep, came back into it, asserted themselves in the midfield. England were actually quite impressive uh, after the goal. And then, uh, you know, I think about the tight turn for England about five minutes before France scored the second goal. The French just came back into it. England were knocking at the door and they and they couldn't break through. Um, Foden and Saka, Kane, Bellingham, they were all trying. The, you know, I mean, Bellingham was getting so far forward, it was – um, so the space was there for them to take and, and Henderson was playing well. You can't turn around and say England performed poorly, but once the frustration set in, that's when I think, and we've talked about this before, Southgate should have made the change as soon as the tide had turned. That's when the time was for the change. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Nathan. That's, I think he made the changes too late. Yeah, I do agree with you. And he waited until France got the goal to make the changes. And perhaps he thought they could ride out the storm and wrestle back control of the game. But at that point, everything's on the line there. One all, you're getting into the last 15 minutes. You have to be proactive about how you approach the back end of the game. And not only did he make the substitutions too late, I think he made the wrong subs. But Bakayo Saka was one of England's best players going forward. Yes, he looked a little bit leggy, but he could very well have gotten a second win and gone on to create something else for England because he was the danger man going forward for England more than Harry Kane, more than Foden or, um, yes, Mount won the penalty, but aside from that, Mount didn't do a whole lot. No, I agree with you. That's that, that, that's a great call, actually. Saka was the threat. Every time, you know, he was getting himself into great positions. And also, to take out Saka for Raheem Sterling, a player who's been away from the camp this week, That's that puzzles the mind, that. That you wouldn't put someone else in who's been with the camp, done a lot of the scouting, a lot of the video... And yes, Sterling has been a mainstay for this England team. He knows how Gareth Southgate wants him to play. But in this specific week, I don't see a reason as to why he would put Sterling on. I actually would have gone with Grealish at that time. I think the English needed to run at the French defenders and get them on their on the back foot uh, at that time. And like, I don't know. There was no point in injury time of going three at the back to try and chase the result. You do that as soon as you concede the second goal. Because you haven't made the changes that you needed to to maintain your control of the game, right? Because 
Southgate should have made changes to maintain the control of the game, right? He didn't make the changes. Giroud scores, you know, um, a great header, like a, a good header. Obviously, it's deflected off Maguire, but Maguire shouldn't have let him go. And the cross, to be fair, should not have come. And Pickford, you see Pickford is going, hey, who's out of Griezmann? Why is Griezmann free? Right? And Griezmann uh, hits a inch-perfect cross, absolutely perfect cross. Giroud meets it, you know. Maguire just slackens off. I feel sorry for Maguire because he, he generally he's had a group, he's had a good tournament, right? But he's um, lack of concentration for a, for a split second, right? Let's Giroud get that yard, you know that that space in front of him. He, Giroud gets to the ball first, and it, it's game over. Um, but at that point, there, that's where you go through the back because you're chasing the game. What do you got to lose? Don't do that during injury time. No, yeah, no, no. It was too little, too late, and I think as well. What was the point in taking James Madison to this World Cup when you don't give him a single minute in any of the games? And I think when you make that double sub, if you want to take off Saka because you see he's getting a little bit tired, okay, maybe he would have got a second win, maybe he goes on to create something, maybe he just fades and uh, he becomes a bit of a, uh, a missing player for the last 15 minutes. If you take him off, send on Grealish, like you suggested, send on Grealish. Let him run at Teo Hernandez, who was having a, a pretty average game. And he did end up giving away the foul that Harry Kane uh, skied. But also, if you're taking off Jordan Henderson for the same reason, don't send on Mount. Send on James Madison. Because Grealish is going to be winning lots of fouls around the area. Because that's what he does. There's no player who is better at winning fouls in the world than Jack Grealish. You send on James Madison, that is a massive threat. It's a massive threat. And... James Madison comes away from this World Cup not playing a second. Yep, but Southgate will probably be um, have his contract renewed. He probably will. And and, and look, I mean, I, I, I don't want to see anyone out of a job, right? I don't want to see anyone out of a job at all. It's not fun. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't want to wish that upon anyone, right? But the fact is, is that um, Southgate will be renewed. Southgate Southgate's uh, contract will be extended or renewed. And... Um, and I don't see where the progress is as far as just this with regard to this point and his development as a manager here. This is the point of contention that I have with England. This English side should have knocked over France this morning with the amount of control that they had after the fir- between the first goal and you know um, five minutes prior to Giroud's goal. That was England's game for the taking there again. It's just unfortunate that it happens at the quarterfinal stage because this game could have easily been a semi-final or a World Cup final, no doubt. It was a, it was a great game, technically. It was it was good to watch. Yeah, but the thing is, when you look back on this tournament in a, in years to come, it will be seen as a failure. Yes, it's France, but it's still a quarterfinal exit. This was a tournament that England were looking to win, and there, there's even if they got through today, England, there's no easy games at the back end of a World Cup. So you can't say, "Oh, we had a tough draw." There's no such thing as a tough draw at the back end of a World Cup. Everyone's there on merit, and everyone's an elite team. And Gareth Southgate, once again, as soon as he comes up against a decent side, everything falls to pieces. It's a third tournament in a row. The first time that there's a decent team that he comes up against, and France are more than a decent team, of course they are, but every time there's a tough opponent, they crumble. And uh, Allez Le Bleu, Allez Le Bleu, the French, you know, march on to the semifinals. Um... So Nathan, what did you make of the French performance? Though? I thought they were brilliant. Like we spoke about Griezmann earlier, but uh, and Giroud's um, finishing the Germany's goal, but th- the rest of the uh, French side did what they had to do to get through. 
they did. And yes, we've been talking about this little period where they were on the back foot and England looked like they were able to go and perhaps go and get the win. But for the most part, they were looking really good. There's some question marks out of this game, though, for mine. At left back, Tay Hernandez, penalty or no penalty. If you take that one out, he still had a pretty average game and he was getting run ragged by Saka for the most part. Um, Uber Meccano as well. I wasn't overly impressed. Yeah, he didn't have his best game today. I think there's an avenue there for Morocco in the semifinals to go and perhaps create something because, I will, as I say, I wasn't overly impressed by those two. But the rest of the team were brilliant for mine and particularly midfield, really impressed by Rabiot, what he did today. Um, in, a, in a tough matchup for him because England's midfield three and the, the French the French two, uh, Chilmeni and, and Rabiot, they're up against it and... They passed that test with flying colours. They're going to be a tough team to stop, of course. And they'll be heavy favourites going into the semi-final against Morocco. And in the final against Argentina or Croatia, they'll probably walk up as uh, as slight favourites in that game as well. So they are the favourites now to take the whole thing out. They're good enough to do that. And it's just a case of whether the team and Deschamps can put the plans together to go and deliver that because they have the chance here to make history, to win back-to-back World Cups. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I, I look, uh, Rabio was. I'm glad you mentioned Rabio actually because he was brilliant as well in midfield. Uh, that's a that's a great call, great call. And and look, um, I think Hernandez. What are you doing there with that penalty on Mount? Seriously, there's no need for it. The ball's going over you. Come on, you know. Anyway, should we move on to the story for the day? I think um, I'm going to say one thing about Morocco. This has got the feel of Euro 2004 in Greece. And I hope I haven't put the mocker on Morocco. I hope I haven't put the mocker on Morocco. This has got that kind of feel. And I'll tell you why. Um, the performance at levels that they're reaching is is just insane. They're, they have no right, if you think about it logically, they have no right to be where they are currently in this World Cup. It's, it is beyond belief. It really is. They have conceded two goals in their last 13 games including, so, friendlies and including this tournament. Their defense is incredible. And my performance of the day is Amrabat, your man, Amrabat. He was absolutely colossal today. That moment towards the end of the game where Morocco were on the back foot, as they were for most of the second half, but the, uh, I don't remember the time step, maybe around 77, 78 minutes, something like that. He picks the ball up inside his own box and he dribbles past three players and lays it off to the winger. I was so impressed by Sofian Amrabat this morning, as I have been the entire tournament. He's in contention for Golden Ball as well. Just It's every single game he is man of the match worthy. Every single game he's up there. And today he had lots of company. Bonu was, Bonu was fantastic. Um, Buffal was fantastic. And his midfield partner, Unahi, was great again today. Really, really impressed by him. And Morocco, yes, they... Ride their luck at times, and Portugal hit the post twice. Pepe should have scored at the death, and if any of those do go in, I would have picked Portugal to go through off the back of it. But that's by the by. They held their own, they kept the clean sheet, and they're on their way to the semi-final, which is incredible. In- incredible. And you have to say, well done to Morocco. Well done to the manager, Reg Regui. And he's delivering a-, a moment that all of us will remember. For years to come, this fantastic run, even if it does end here at the semi-final against France, and it could very well do, this is something that will go down in World Cup folklore as uh, uh, one of the great 
all-time stories. And you mentioned the defense, how good they've been. This game today, they didn't have Masrawi. They didn't have Auger at the back. Two mainstays for this tournament. They brought in two two of their rotation options, their backup options, and they were just as solid. Even when Roman Saiz went off earlier in the game and he succumbed to injury, they still looked as good as they had previously. There's something in the water here in this Morocco side. 100%. And that's why I'm saying that there's a Euro 2004 Greece feel to it. I'm not saying it just because I'm a Greek background and I remember it, but I remember it very well. This has the same feeling to it because it's the defence and the level of defence that, um, and the quality of the defence that they're displaying. And we have heard the saying before that defence wins titles. This defence, if it stays, can get you a title because you can frustrate the opposition, as we saw with Portugal. And for me, the telling moment was when João Felix didn't score and B- and Bunus saved that. Oh, it over what, the a with save. A great save. what a save that was. That is mm. the save of the tournament now. I'm happy to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I know we can because, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a floating thing, right? It's a moving thing. That is the save of the tournament because – the height that he gets to is his um, save. You know, it's just the – I'd love to see a still shot of it because it's just a brilliant save, absolutely brilliant save. And the awareness that he has to stop Ronaldo's shot because we can't complain. Ronaldo play, You know, Ronaldo played as well as he could given the circumstances. Portugal were frustrated. They just kept – the only criticism I have of Portugal – they, I mean, is that their movement off the ball wasn't enough to try and pull Morocco out. So that's credit to Morocco's defense, right? Because the Portuguese didn't, you know, got frustrated, but they weren't thinking, hey, I need to try and drag you out to create angles in order to, you know, get get these 45-degree runs so I can actually get you, um, you know, get you turning, get the defenders turning. There was none of that. It was just, hey, we're just going to pump balls into the box and see how we go. You've got such creative players such as Bernardo Silva and, and and Bruno Fernandes and how he didn't score, well, you know. Um, it, it just speaks of the – it just further reiterates the point about Morocco's defence and the and their discipline in defence. It does. And p- pumping balls into the box is exactly what um, they want you to do. Mm-hmm. And they, they fell into the trap and they were able to, to clear those uh, those balls all day long. And yes, there was a couple of hairy moments and – and Pepe should have equalised right at the end. And you're going to get those. You are going to get those, yes. And uh, it was funny. Well, um, I'm not sure who it was, but you saw it on the coverage. As soon as Pepe missed it, someone went up to kiss Pepe his... and gave him a kiss on the back of the That's head. It. That's it. That's what happens when you're bored like me. <laughs> Great goal by uh, Yusuf uh, uh, Nazari there, I have to say. Great header. Ronaldo-like. Yeah, I was going to say Tim Cale-like. Yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant. So, what was your what was your highlight of the day? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with a uh, one that's uh, a recurring theme for me. Uh, the scenes in Morocco, the scenes in Marrakesh. I've seen some videos, uh, saw some celebrations in Senegal as well, of just everyone happy that there's an African side that have progressed this far into the tournament. And um, yeah, just amazing, absolutely amazing. This is something that I, I won't forget. How about on the pitch? What was your highlight? Mm. A performance of the day. I've already said mine was Amrabat. Yeah, hard to disagree. Mm. Really hard to disagree. I might go for Griezmann. Okay. You, don't, go, you, you can agree. Yeah. You can agree. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just want to offer an alternative, you know? Hey, that's fair <laughs> enough. Hey, we've both, we've both mentioned them, right? 
Griezmann yeah. and, and yeah. Amrabat were sensational for their sides. So, no, mm. I totally agree. Totally agree with you. Um, Highlight yep. off the pitch. You've said the uh, celebrations in Morocco and Senegal and um, and uh, I dare say all over North Africa in the Arab world and congratulations to them. They're, they're well deserved. What was yours? <sighs> I've got a couple. Um, and I was going to say that, right, I was going to say that Argentina, Argentina and the scenes after full time, apparently they're under investigation by FIFA for World Cup uh, rule breaches. Not enough to strike strike out the win and and you know bring Netherlands back, but no. um, <laughs> that'd, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, uh, FIFA are doing an investigation into uh, the scenes with uh, Messi uh, speaking to Van Hal and uh, obviously Messi um, saying something in in the tunnel to uh, Verkhorst live on air uh, whilst uh, being interviewed in the tunnel there. So. No love lost between Argentina and the Netherlands there. And no love lost between Argentina and uh, the referee team from yesterday. No, no. They they were not happy, as was Portugal today. Uh, There's been so many quotes come out from players against referees, and I don't like to see it. Uh, You can disagree with a lot of the decisions, perhaps, but don't give me this rubbish about, oh, there should be a Portuguese referee because there's an Argentinian one, and... They're all looking to make the tournament easy for Messi. Like, oh, come on, lay off it. hundred percent, hundred percent. Surely, surely, if the referees wanted to make the tournament easy for Messi, they'd leave Portugal in. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that's very good, very good. And uh, yeah, it looks like we farewell uh, Ronaldo from his uh, international career. And um, look, he's been great for Portugal. Too distraught, to, too distraught to hang around and, and try and console his teammates. He just went up the tunnel and was in tears going back to the dressing room. He was just uh, inconsolable, really. Yeah, it, it's been a rough 12 months for Cristiano. He's been up against it this year. Yeah, it's, it has been a bittersweet um, six to 12 months for him. And, um, yeah, we wish him well in all seriousness, you know. It, it, it isn't easy to deal with the loss that uh, he and his partner suffered. So, But they had the blessing as well of um, the other, twi- you know, of... Um, of the other twins surviving, so no, we wish them well. Yeah, so let's do our quarter-final round wrap-up, uh, Nathan. What was the highlight of the round for yourself? There's not going to be too many surprises here, I don't think. And uh, listener, you're, you're probably going to be able to predict exactly what I'm going to say every time. So <laughs> highlight of the round Morocco. has to be Morocco, <laughs> <laughs> and the surprise of the round has to be Morocco. <laughs> yep, it's Morocco. <laughs> yeah, dis- disappointment of the round is Portugal because they lost to Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you there. So then uh, let's move to the goal of the round. <laughs> uh, chill many, chill many. It has to be. Uh, brilliant strike. And as I, say, as I said earlier, I don't know how we got that much power with one or two steps of a run-up that he wasn't even sprinting. He just walked up to it and whacked it into the bottom corner and Pickford absolutely no chance. And a brilliant goal. Yes, we had great moments from the other goals, but... In pure isolation, that too many goals, fantastic for mine. Brilliant strike, brilliant strike. I'm going to just uh, be slightly contrarian and I'll say Argentina's first goal. The, yeah, the pass yeah, yeah. that Messi does, that assist yeah. is just, it's just excellent football. It's just, you know, absolutely brilliant football. So now we're left and, with- And uh, one, one more, yes, one more award yes, of course. that we have to give out, yes. which is the most outstanding team How from the quarterfinals. Mm, Morocco. Uh, <laughs> 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 it has um, to be. Yeah, 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 it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, look, Croatia, Croatia were awesome, right? Croatia were awesome. I'm going to give them an honourable mention. I thought Croatia were absolutely awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's only four options here. How many mentions could you give out? <laughs> you, you could say Brazil were the disappointment of the uh, of the quarterfinal round as well, right? So it's a it's a close fought thing between Brazil and Portugal. But I'm going to say with Portugal, based on the swing in results, but um, be- between the round of 16 and the quarterfinal. But yeah. Yeah, no, Croatia, honourable mention, Morocco, team of the quarterfinal stage for me. Yeah, hard to argue, hard to argue. Uh, so we have our set of semifinals now, and we have Argentina against Croatia and France against Morocco. Wow. Yes, yeah, so Wednesday morning, 6am, uh, we've got Argentina, Croatia. What do we make of this one? Oof. Crazy game. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to back Argentina. Because they're growing into this tournament. Like, they have been growing into this tournament and progressively getting better with each game. Um, and yesterday's performance showed a side that was a little bit on the dark side, uh, which you sometimes need to win these uh, tournaments. And I think that um, I'm not going to dismiss Croatia, though. So I'll say this. Argentina needs to win it within the, the 90 minutes because if it does go to extra time and penalties, Croatia will win even allowing for the quality of uh, Emi Martinez's goalkeeping. It just, you know, Croatia want to take you to penalties because they they're that confident when they're doing them. And that whole scenario, they've, I don't know what's, you know, if it's part of their psyche or whatever the case is, but they're happy to take you, drag you to the fight like that and go, okay, well, we'll take care of you in penalties because we can. And we've got a great record that goes with it. Having said that, Argentina as a nation has got a, you know an impressive record as well when it comes to penalty shootouts. So this game could go either either way, but I suspect Argentina will win it, and I think they will will win it within the ninety. And um, yeah, I think this might be just one step too far for Croatia in this World Cup. So the roles are reversed here. Usually, I'm the one that's tipping Croatia to go out, and you've got the faith of on them going through. But uh, it's, it's been reversed today. I think they'll do it, Croatia. I think they'll get through to the final. Um, Argentina, yes, they've been growing into the tournament. So have Croatia. And they're just growing in belief at every single stage of this tournament. And for mine, Argentina, they have their moments where you're thinking, "Mm, is is this team really all that? And yes, they have shown glimpses of a brilliant side that are capable of going and winning the whole thing. But there's too many scenarios that I've seen from Argentina so far this tournament where that's another element of doubt. That's another iffy moment. And I think Croatia can exploit that. I don't know if they're good enough to win it in 90 minutes. They probably don't want to win it in 90 minutes. <laughs> they, they, they just want the glory of going through on penalties. Yep. <laughs> uh, if they could win every time on penalties, they probably would. <clears throat> um, yeah, I just think they've got that knack. They've got that knack, Croatia. And I think they're en route to a second World Cup final in a row, which is amazing for a country with um, their population. Four million. Yeah. Well, less than New South Wales. And I keep saying it. It's a great case in point to study for um, all football nations. So then Thursday morning, I never thought I'd say this, Morocco versus France <laughs> in a World Cup semi-final. Mm. How good is that, really? It's really good to say. Morocco going on on, on the next leg of their European tour. <laughs> knocked out Spain, <laughs> knocked out Portugal. <laughs> France is loading. It looks like the Mediterranean, yes. They look like you know they're uh, taking a, a trip down the Mediter- on the other side of the Mediterranean. For mine, this game just comes down to how many of the Moroccan players are fit to go. Is Roman Saiz going to be all right to take the pitch? Is Orgerd all right? 
Is Masrawi all right? Can any of them come back? The midfielders, can they back up again? Are there, are there too many niggles in this Moroccan camp now to withstand the toughest test yet? And it is the toughest test yet in France. The world champions on their way to make history. Can they do it? They can stifle. It's just whether or not they can ride out another storm. This Moroccan team, as you said, Les, there's just something about them in this tournament. And Bono has been absolutely brilliant the whole way through. And the French, they need to come up with something that Portugal couldn't, that Spain couldn't, that Croatia couldn't in the group and score a goal against Morocco. No one's been able to do it yet. Except for Canada. <laughs> but even then, that, that wasn't, <laughs> even then that wasn't was the Canadians. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Nathan. Look, the French are... The, the French are able to, to provide that point of difference. There's no doubt about it, given what we've seen. But I'm going to throw my head out the window here and just go with my heart. I want Morocco to get into the final now. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I want to see it happen. Imagine a Morocco-Croatia final. <laughs> yeah. Turn up, uh, nobody would have picked that, right? Um, and that would be going to penalties. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... I there's just something about this Moroccan defence now. Yes, obviously the proviso is that everyone is fit. Although they did, you know, they tested their depth today in defence, and and that they were resolute. So yeah, I, I don't know. I can just see. I've got a feeling that um, you know the Moroccan defence is very hard to break. Very hard to break, as we've seen. You know, this is going to be their toughest test, and what a stage to do it on a World Cup semi final against the defending world champions. And they've and look, France have defended their title so well, irrespective of what happens from here on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game on Thursday morning. Logically, the French are favourites. My head suggests that France will win. My heart is saying that, and my heart is saying Morocco. I don't know what my gut is saying at this point. I'm going to say Morocco, just for the hell of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to pretty much echo everything you're saying there. And I think France will get through. But I thought Portugal would get through because they scored six goals in the previous round. Morocco were able to stifle them. And if they can do that to a to what was a rampant Portuguese team, then they can do it to anybody. It's just a case of whether they can back up again, going again. They've already achieved something that no other African side has ever done. Can they go and do one better? Can they better themselves again at this tournament? I don't know if they've got it in them to go that extra step. I'd love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. And I'd love nothing more than seeing a Morocco-Croatia final because it would be amazing. You're guaranteed a new winner at that point. And, yeah, I think I'll just tip it just just because. Just because. I'm going to go for a Morocco-Croatia final. Yeah, I think you and most of the world. <laughs> ah, dear. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So we'll be back on the back peg with our Daily Doha series uh, after the first semifinal on Wednesday morning. Uh, and, um, yeah. Thanks for your interaction with us. Um, tell your friends to fo- give us a follow at the back peg, both on Twitter and Instagram. And thanks for your listening. Yeah, thank you very, thank you very much for checking out this series, and it's been a pleasure bringing it to you. Uh, whenever there's been games on, thank you, Laz, for the chat as well. I look forward to it every time, and I'll speak to you again on Wednesday morning. I've been Nathan Gould, and I'm Lazarus Gromos. Take care, all. <laughs>